0: All right. Welcome to the Operations Mastery Podcast. I'm here with Will. He is the CEO of Bellavix, an absolutely dominant Amazon and Walmart marketing company. And we look forward to having him on today.
1: Nick, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yes, sir.
0: So why don't you tell everyone what your agency does and who you typically serve?
1: Beautiful. Yeah. So like, you know, typical, like to keep it super high level. We're a marketing agency. Uh, and we serve primarily e-commerce brands who are looking to scale on on marketplaces like Amazon and Walmart. Um, so we help with their marketing, we help with operations, and we help with advertising. So, uh, so we stay pretty busy. And luckily, those platforms are ever evolving, so it's never a dull moment. Amazing. And those platforms is is it just paid
0: and organic? Is that the game, or there's more to the game?
1: Uh, There's more to the game. There's like category nuances. There's listing health. There's um, account health metrics like your delivery, the quality of your product. So uh, there's a lot of nuances that go in. Uh, But generally, a lot of the brands we work with, they're looking for scale. So a lot of what we do is marketing, SEO and advertising uh, on top of just, you know, you can't sell products that aren't available. So a lot of just uh, good hygiene, I think is the best way to put it.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And um what's your what's your agency's size and and roughly how many clients are you working with?
1: Beautiful. Yeah, we're not a huge agency. We're about 25 employees. We manage anywhere between 25 and 30 accounts. Um so pretty healthy size for for our current operations.
0: And who what does your team look like? Like who um who's staffed there as far as like sales, account management?
1: Oh, yeah, great question. So uh, obviously we're not, we're not huge. So the owners, myself, and my co founder are still somewhat involved. We're just less involved on accounts. So we'll handle like me personally, I handle sales and marketing. Uh, we have two directors, a director of operations, a director of advertising. God bless you. And uh, a director of client services. And a lot of what we focus on is like premium customer service because like a big differentiator is your ability to keep customers happy. Uh, and then we have you know we have some supplement bookkeepers, admins, so on and so forth. And my co-founder manages a lot of the uh, HR and the finances. So all together, we have like five pillars. It's um sales and marketing kind of grouped together. and then operations under one umbrella. But operations for us is operations that's your uh, administrative and um, demand forecasted, like that side. Then we have advertising as another pillar. And then we have our human resources and um, and accounting and finance. So those are kind of our five pillars for where we're at now, based on the size of our, our business.
0: And so you said you don't work too closely with accounts yourself. What 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 are you focused on?
1: Yeah, primarily sales and marketing. So I'm you know I I hired a salesperson uh, a little while ago. She was a, a consultant, and she's like, you're a content marketing agency, and she was hundred percent right. At this point, we have over three hundred. Uh, blog articles on all things Amazon and Walmart. Uh, we do email marketing. Uh, I do a lot of thought leadership. Uh, the last year to half, it's been heavily focused on LinkedIn, uh, but I had been doing like guest podcasts, and we started our own podcast selling on giants. So it's been a lot of just content generation, getting the word out there. And what we found specifically in our niche, it's informational. So a lot of people, when they come into Amazon, even biz- like large businesses, they'll do it themselves they'll hire internally and they'll be looking for that information when they hit walls or there's problems and challenges that they can't solve. um, Generally they'll reach out to the agency that they've, they've consumed that content. And that's generally how we've been driving the business.
0: So underrated. I think a lot of companies shy away from content because it takes a while, Mm -hmm. but um, it's evergreen. Once it, once you have a good base of like really good content out in the world.
1: Yeah, Nick, you nailed it. Evergreen, too. And it's like the investment, you know, advertising can cost, you know, anywhere from seven to, you know, $300 a lead. But the content you build out, why it takes time to build momentum, it's always there. And as long as it's relevant, and you keep it updated, you know, the cost per acquisition on that content is generally a lot
0: less. 100%. And what's your sales process look like? Is it multiple calls? Do you do proposals? Like, how does does that work?
1: Yeah, great question. It's pretty straightforward. So I'll give you like uh, like a two rundowns. We have like our um, our general business and then we have like our whales. So obviously, uh, large accounts require some trust to be built up. So there's a few extra steps. But generally, uh, for most of the brands we work with, uh, they fill out, they will submit a form on our website generally, and I'll get a notification. Uh, we reach out to schedule a call pretty much right away. And it's a discovery call. Prior to the discovery call taking place, there's a discovery survey that's sent out. It takes like five minutes, but it helps us pre-qualify the brands. If the brand is qualified, I'll take the discovery call. If they're not qualified, we'll send them out to another vendor who can better service them based on their needs. Um, Then after the first call, we send over uh, a scope of work with pricing. I'll send over a portfolio deck that has just a bunch of case studies and, and all the different verticals that we service on marketplaces. Um And then I'll send over, uh, oh, a deck I run through on our sales call. So on the initial sales call, it's like who we are, the services we deliver. There's a nice little case study at the end. And then I'm able to field questions as we go. Luckily, the discovery survey kind of helps that. So I'll know like what talking points I want to hit during the sales process. That's going to be the most meaningful and impactful to the, the prospect that we're talking with. Uh, And that pretty much is it. I'll do a three or four email sequence if they're interested in working together. Uh, If they are, they'll say, hey, you know, let's rock and roll. I'll send over a contract and then I turn it over to the operations team. Uh, For larger brands, we'll do uh, what we call a review. Uh, We generally don't like doing free audits, so we don't call it that. We do paid audits. Uh, But for certain brands that it makes sense, we'll do a free account review. Uh, And then it's just an extra step. So after the initial sales call and we kind of do our song and dance. They'll send me access to their account. My team will do a light review. The light review is a Google doc and it should take my team less than two hours uh, to complete. And that includes an operation and an advertising person. That's delivered to me because it's an audit and not a, sorry, a review and not an audit. Uh, I'll deliver it. So I don't have to eat up any more of my team's time. And um, and then from there, the process is the same. I'll send over that review. I'll set I'll, and I'll do like a three email sequence. Generally, the larger brands, you know, it's more like a sixty to seventy-five day kind of lead time because there's always there's budget approval. Sometimes we have to get in their system as a vendor, so yep. it's just not as as fast as some of the uh, smaller brands that just have less of a process where we might be talking to the owner or the e-commerce manager for that company, and it's generally a quick sign up.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, there's two things there that I think are unique. I like the qualifying survey that you send out, um, so that the discovery call isn't a bunch of basic question asking. You kind of already know a lot about the brand, um, in addition to qualifying them, because I'm sure it helps with the actual discovery and finding out what's wrong with their accounts, etc. So, um, I like that. I like that you charge for reviews so that they, you know, they take it more seriously in a sense. And your team does, um, so I think those are both creative ways uh, to run. sets.
1: I appreciate it. And I will say, for the discovery survey, I'd say about like sixty to sixty-five percent of people actually fill it out. Mm. And the uh, the form on our website, if you guys check out bellavix.com, uh, at the minimum, I get their website, I get their Amazon listing, and I get and ideally their monthly revenue because I know you know, give or take, I need to come in at around 10% or less of that revenue. Um, so I'm able to qualify them pretty quickly uh, off the bat. So that's been super helpful for us. Just, to, you know, the owner's doing the call. So just not to waste a tremendous amount of my time uh, and their time as well. So it's it's mutually beneficial.
0: Smart. Amazing. And when your team works with these brands, they're so big. I'm sure there's a ton of custom work and nuance with each account, but is there like a standard process you guys execute when onboarding um, clients or even the first one, two, three months of working with them?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a pretty tight outline for the first six months. So generally because, you know, I wish our, our services were more like, you know, this is what you get, but there's just so many nuances to the platform and it's evolving too. So at the end of the day, like our mission is to grow brands on marketplaces. So we have to be kind of adaptable to what goes on. So we do carefully monitor the hours we put into accounts and it, that has a lot to do uh, with our pricing model. Uh, but in terms of operations, yeah, like, so standard, I'll just kind of speak in generality, but a lot of this is subject to change if a client you know, is coming to us with a suspended account or they're coming to us with different priorities than what we would typically consider priorities. So uh, somebody signs a contract within the first five to seven business days, um, I'm turning it over to my client service director, and they're going to line up a, a kickoff call uh, with the team. Generally, depending on the size of the business, the team is typically four people. So it's a, a strategist, a specialist, an ad manager, and an ad specialist. And that that pot of people will ma- they'll manage you know x number of accounts. Uh, we consider ourselves a premium service, so we generally. You know our teams aren't managing any more than like five to seven accounts depending on how many SKUs are in the catalog uh, but i know other brands do it do it differently so like whatever methodology works for you uh, great so we have the kickoff call which uh, is just an introduction and what we're doing there is we're having them fill out a, a brand survey so we get to know the brand and kind of how they work functionally uh, we get connected to the account we have a software stack so they're connecting you know all of our backend software to make sure that uh, that we're good to go, uh, and then it's introductions just like who's your team, and uh, right now it's getting comfortable, so it's like it's a lot of communications. We do a joint Slack channel, so we'll add them to Slack, so we can start the communication process and also understand who are the key stakeholders on their side. Mm-hmm. Ideally, in most situations, it's no more than two people, because um, generally, more chefs in the kitchen tend to spoil the uh, the broth or the stew. Um, and then uh, like three to four business days later, we have a production call. So by the production call, they should have filled out the brand survey. We should be connected with all our software. We should have access to the account and brand registry. And then the production call is an opportunity for anything that they weren't able to connect. My team can connect with them and just do a screen share and say, OK, hit this, touch that, do that. We're good to go. And they're also giving us their um, their master sheets, so we have like a format that we need all the product information in, uh, any digital assets. So it's a lot of data gathering. Uh, then after that, the team will do normal maintenance. Like we have our processes. So the first thing they're going to do, you know, what's the account health? What's the listing quality? What state is the advertising in? What marketing initiatives have taken place? And we're we're doing a lot of analysis, but we're kicking on things that are like low hanging fruit. They're not email marketing. Manage your customer experience. We'll like kick that on. Uh, advertising is like a rolling process. So we start our bid optimization, keyword harvesting pretty much right away. And then in tandem, the, the team is doing keyword research uh, and they're putting together, you know, kind of like what listings need to take place. And then we, we took Gina Wickman Traction. He's the like the entrepreneur operating system. We've yep. taken that concept and applied it to the accounts that we work on. Um, so, what we ended up doing is taking that concept of quarterly rocks and kind of applying it to the brands we work with. So, a lot of times they'll come in with some type of sales goal. I feel like 99% of the time they want to grow and they want some type of sales. So, you know, maybe like, what's 20% year over year growth look like? And we'll reverse engineer that into like 90 day achievable goals. So, within the first 60 days, because we have to do an analysis, we have to see if we gel well with the team and we're getting all that information. By day 60, we're delivering this essentially strategic guideline of this is exactly what we're going to do. This is the blueprint. This is the investment. These are the KPIs. And we get buy-in. So the whole time they're telling us this is what they want. This is the roadmap to get there. And then every 90 days after that, we just reflect, did they go well? Why or why not? What could we do better? And then we kind of learning opportunities and move on. And what I found is, outside of running this agency, I've been a part of agencies for over ten years. And what I found is, like people leave agencies due to complacency, mismanage expectations, or just not clear alignment in KPIs. So these these rocks we just call them quarterly reports is an opportunity for us to get ahead of that, show that we're really proactive. But like I said, it works really well for us because we're a premium service. Um, so we you know we're not the cheapest out there so generally these brands uh see the value and they understand what they're getting um, and that's really important too if i was running something that uh, maybe was more standardized and came in at a lower price point you know we probably wouldn't be doing all these extra steps but this is what we found has worked really well for us
0: yeah i i really like the idea of rocks i haven't read or followed the eos system but um I do know that a lot of churn usually occurs right off the bat with a new agency. And so I imagine that first 90 days, especially if you're able to produce results and then proving it to the agency or the stakeholders with that formal report is the kind of yeah. the key to getting, getting them to the next three months. I don't know how you structure your contracts, but I think that that's really smart. Amazing. And then this is kind of a, a separate question on operations, but my, my girlfriend actually works for Mattel and I know one of their, oh, cool. um, like a small, they, she works for a brand under there. But I know that one question is always like, does Amazon take away from the core businesses, e-commerce sales? Mm-hmm. Do you find that to ever be a narrative or or not really? All the time,
1: no surprise. A lot of people are, are scared and are threatened by Amazon. At the end of the day, what we preach and what we find is true is that Amazon is just part of the user journey. 50% of e-commerce, give or take, is going to happen on Amazon. So it's not going anywhere. Right. So it's important to have a consistent user experience or shopping experience across these multiple platforms. And then you'll see things like third-party sellers stealing your listings, uh, poor customer experience, fraud, fake counterfeit mm-hmm. products or products, especially in the supplemented beauty category where people can get you know, really sick from ingesting or topical type mm-hmm. products. So... It's really important to control your brand narrative and know yeah. that your customers, whether you like it or not, they're going to check on your website and they're going to go right to Amazon. They're going to read the reviews and they're going to see if they can get in two days as opposed to five to seven days. And what we're finding with some of our large brands, you know, we work with P and G and we work with uh, other large brands underneath that umbrella. They're moving to like multi-channel fulfillment. Um, Because they see the value in Amazon's logistics, and they just want to use their website for brand building. So we're starting to see kind of a seismic shift in how uh, some of these larger companies are looking at Amazon and its position in the marketplace. So it's a really exciting time to be in this space. It's continuously changing. So uh, that would that would be my advice to your girlfriend as she manages her products. Uh, Consider Amazon as just part of the user journey, and make sure you're putting your best foot forward. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Well, that's all my questions here. Um, where can
1: people find your website? Awesome. Yeah. Bellavix.com. Uh, B-E-L-L-A-V as in Victor, I-X.com. Uh, and feel free to check me out on LinkedIn, Will Hair, like on your head with an E. I post tons of stuff every day and I have a great newsletter that updates sellers on the latest news and trends around marketplaces.
0: Amazing. Well, appreciate your time. This has been really valuable for uh, some of the agencies in our audience and others, especially in e-commerce. So appreciate that.
1: Awesome. Nick, thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: Yes, sir.